This Space Age episode contains adult language, mature situations, space debris resulting in the Kessler Syndrome, the brave crew of the TS-12 toy box, the true perils of space habitation, existential crises caused by isolation, the power of true love, and the desire to be more than what you appear to be. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 280, you're standing on a planet that's evolving and revolving at 900 miles an hour. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts and vang reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. This is your host Zan saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, what's up? Yes, we are back for another fun-filled episode of this lovely and illustrious podcast, and more importantly than that, this is the final podcast before Anime Boston 2018 at the Heinz Convention Center in Boston, Massachusetts. And if you are going there, I hope to see you at my various panels that are happening. And I've got a great list of what I'm going to be actually doing. So sit back, and if you have a piece of paper, be prepared to write down the list, okay? So first off, we have on Friday the 30th, May the Force Be With You, Star Wars Influence on Anime and Manga, with Doug Wilder and myself. It's going to be in room 311. At 1.30 p.m. Next, at 9.30 p.m. in room 311, the same room, 20 sci-fi manga recommendations for grown-ups on Friday the 30th as well. Now, the next day, on Saturday the 31st, there's Journey to the Stars, anime manga's Journey into Space. That's a lot of fun. Then, on at midnight, on Saturday the 31st, into April Fool's Day, from Under the Bed, horror and sci-fi anime and manga. And there are lots of great stuff in there. And then finally, at noon, in room C, panel room C, Captains, Cowgirls, and Cyborgs, the memorable women of sci-fi anime and manga. Definitely check it out. And if you go to any of those panels, remember to tag me on Instagram. It's at Spirekin. And I'll be asking questions at every panel and giving away umaibos and other cool things. And if you go to every single one, I'm going to be giving away an awesome prize at Captains, Cowgirls, and Cyborgs. So definitely check it out. And I hope you guys really do go there and have a blast. Because Anime Boston is one of my favorite conventions to go to. 
So before I forget, I digress. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. So pretty much every episode, I'll talk about a manga and tell you the pros and cons about it. How the art style is, the characters are, the plot, and if it's worth investing your time in or if you should run away like the plague. I try to be as educational, entertaining, informative, and as partial as possible, even though sometimes it doesn't really work. Like last week, that last episode was kind of traumatic. I try to be as impartial as I can. And if you want to check out any of our earlier episodes or check out the review archive and see all of the different manga we've talked about, you can check it out at spirekin.com. That's S-P-I-R-A-K-E-N.com or www.spirekin.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, Player, .fm, Stitcher, and several other social media sites. Definitely just look up Spirekin. You'll guaranteed to find us. We're even on Podcast Pickle, which I don't even know if that's still a thing anymore. But it is. We're also on the PSN network. And if you have the Nintendo Switch, definitely look for me. It's Zan Sparkin. So with that in mind, let's get to the manga at hand, shall we? Because if you remember the last episode, I spun that one, that only the wheel of manga. A dick town to be there reviewing a very cool manga, a weird manga, a manga that was written by Makoto Yukimura, the creator of the very popular Vinland saga, which came out in 2005. This one's a little bit earlier. It came out originally in 2001 to 2004 and was published by Kodansha and released over here under Dark Horse Manga in four nice, neat volumes. There is an anime series which I saw first. I first saw the anime series and I was turned off on the series. Then when I read the actual manga, I fell in love with it because the manga is so much better than the anime series. The anime series introduces several frivolous characters that don't even appear in the manga they change a lot of the storylines and they make one of the side characters into a major character. And it's just not as thrilling or compelling as the original series. And what am I talking about? I am talking about Planates, which if you look at the manga, it's actually written in Greek because Planates is the word for planets. And this is the story of the space debris section of the Taknora Corporation. Specifically, it's the DS-12 Toy Box. That's the name of their ship is the Toy Box. And their job is to collect the debris that is surrounding the Earth because we've sent so much crap into space. Satellites, space stations, spacecrafts, complementary placards, everything we've shot into space is just floating in space. And the problem is that these things that are in space has left a bunch of debris out there and anything could cause problems in space because due to it being a vacuum, speed is very different. So something as small as a screw could destroy an entire spacecraft. And that's actually how we open up. There is a luxury space liner going into space and a screw hits a window and kills almost everybody on the ship except for one character who's actually one of the main characters in this story. It's one of the crew members of the DS-12 toy box. And this is the story of these, these brave space garbage men, essentially, as they deal in this world. There's also a couple other plots going on. There's the launch of a future ship that's going to be going into space. Specifically, it's going to Mars. It is a Mars mission that is being headed by the Van Burn 
uh, Corporation. It's a, he's a very intelligent individual. There's also another group that is causing problems, the Space Defense League. Their job is they feel that humanity going into space is going to ruin everything, so they're trying to sabotage any spaceship out there. And they actually want to cause a Kessler Syndrome. Now, to explain what a Kessler Syndrome is, that is the debris concept amplified. So setting trash into space so much that it would be impossible to leave the planet because there's an impenetrable field of small debris that any one of it could hit you and almost kill you. And it's scary because when you find that some of the members are actually people who are close to the team, it gets very disturbing. Now, the cast is you have our main character, Hachiroda Hachimaki Hashino. His nickname is Hachimaki or Hachi because he has a headband that he wears constantly. And his deal is that he joined this group to get enough miles to be able to apply for the Jupiter mission so that he can get money. And then he's going to use the money to get his own spaceship so he could have freedom because he's obsessed with freedom and he wants to be bigger, faster, and go further out there. And this drive that he has for all this does cause some problems because he is a little nihilistic at first because he thinks that we are born alone, we die alone. And in space, that's very disturbing because it's, he doesn't take into account how the universe exists and how it it goes. This leads to him having a kind of existential crisis, especially later on, where they literally, he ends up taking three days going out on the moon and just, he takes a sabbatical. He, he takes a picnic and he's sitting there for three days and he's like, oh, you guys left an hour ago and it's been a week and he doesn't realize it because he's just been staring out into space and seeing the enormity of it all. Very compelling and unique character, especially because he ends up in a romantic relationship because there is a romance in this. Our next character is the captain of the toy box, Fee Carmichael. She is a very loud, brash, crazy lady from Florida who she has a very unique backstory, which is tragic almost. She has a son and a husband who lives in Florida her son is constantly collecting these dogs. So every time she goes home, there's another two dogs. And her deal is that she is a very bad smoker. She has a severe chain smoking problem. And that's pretty bad in space because it's a strain on life support systems. And it's really restricted. And she just, she doesn't care. She smokes like there's no tomorrow. At one point, the Space Defense League ends up targeting smoking rooms and she goes ballistic when they destroy her smoking room they're like saying oh god what the hell they blew they blew her up when she's in the smoking room she's still alive and they're trying to say you okay fee you all right like yeah i'm fine you sure we're gonna go on a mission yeah i'm fine you know there's gonna be martians there yeah i'm fine you're like oh god she's crazy we can't fly with her she's gonna kill us all but fee is someone who's violent and amazing and she does do some very unique things to add to this story, especially when her own moral compass goes against what the company is telling her to do. I'm not going to get too spoilery in it, but it is a great character arc for her. The other two characters you have are you have Yuri Miharikov, who is uh, the Russian member of the debris team because it's a multinational team. 
And he's kind of like the level-headed member of the group, but that takes place a little bit after chapter three, because chapters one and two, he is a basket case. Because remember earlier I told you that there was an incident involving a screw on a space liner? The seat that it hit, the that it broke, was his wife's seat. He was on the plane. He had actually gone to the bathroom, so he was safe because he was in the, in the bathroom of the ship. And when she died... She had a compass on her, and she'd lost the compass, so he became a debris man to find that compass, which is floating around space. And she spent seven years looking for this this keepsake. And he ends up reaffirming his love of life and getting back into realizing life isn't just clinging on to the past, but it's moving into the future as well. And... He's someone who's kind, compassionate, he's stoic. He's a great addition to this crew, and it adds to it, because you have the crazy uh, main EVA protagonist. You have the chain-smoking, angry captain, and then you have the level-headed, clear-headed, kind of supervisor role, senior member. And there's one more person in this group who joins later on in the manga, probably five chapters in, in the anime. She's the point of view character, and that kind of drives me crazy. And that is Ai Tanabe. She's the newest member of the Debris group, and she is someone who is bright and sees the sunny side of everything. And when they first see her, she pukes on top of Hachi because she can't deal with the spinning and all the craziness. And she's someone who believes that Everything should be great, and love will conquer everything, and she comes to severe odds with Hachi, especially when you find out her whole backstory, which is very depressing and weird. And this is an ensemble piece about these characters as they're going. It The main focus is Hachi and him trying to get into the Jupiter program, then him getting accepted to the Jupiter program, him dealing with his father, who is an engineer who's also in the space, him dealing with his family, and how you have all these other little things you don't expect in most sci-fi series. Like, it actually explains the problems of living in space. I mean, besides being a weightless environment, your body becomes more fluid and you're more prone to things like osteoporosis, you can get decompression sickness, you're susceptible to cancer, brittle bones. Because of the radiation in space, there's no atmosphere, so you're prone to radiation sickness. And some people, they take extreme lengths if they get radiation sickness. They don't want to be sent back into Earth, so they'd rather die in space alone. You have the issues of isolation. And then the cool part is there's one character who shows up who was actually born on the moon. So she's a lunar. And when you meet her, she looks like she's 26, 27, 28 years old. And it turns out she's 12 years old. She has never been on Earth, and she never can go to Earth because her bones are so brittle and weird that because of the loss of gravity, she'll be crushed if she goes to Earth. This is a very heavy sci-fi series. It is hard sci-fi. They actually had someone from... The JAXA, which is the Japanese Space Agency, consulting on this series. So all of it is very accurate. And it's intriguing. It makes you want to look out into space. It makes you want to 
go out there, but also it shows the other parts about this that you have all these nations monopolizing these resources in space, and you know the poor ones just can't do anything because they're alone, and they're gonna end up fighting over basic parts, getting into civil wars, and how humanity can't get together. It's it focuses like on the space defense force, who they just want to just stop space exploration because they feel that we are a plague that's going to be released into space. There's so many themes in this. It's astounding. I think that the best example of this is that Hachi's relationship with space and people, how he's not able to really identify people till later on, till he acknowledges what's going on with himself and in himself. Because he has this external and, and external conflict, an existential dread, and how it makes him who he is. It's very, I, I can't, I'm at lost for words for what it is, but I do appreciate it. And the art style is amazing. Looking out in the space, it makes you want to look in the space. It is very photorealistic at times and it is drawn amazingly well for what it is and it seems like that he actually he actually took images from the space station from the uh what is it called the the, the one in the ISPV7 and all these other space stations the space lab and he just he took images that he found in books and drew them so they looked so great and he modernized them to look futuristic but still within the grasp of our reality now this is a short read it's only four volumes long but it is a truly worthy read and art sounds great characters are great plot is great it is very deep it is very introspective and there is Something for everybody. While there aren't giant mechs in it, there are giant spacesuits in it. And also, there is a lot of violence in this. Especially when the DSF tries to take out people. And you find out that one of the DSF members has infiltrated the Jupiter mission. Hachi goes to extreme lengths to attack this person. Since he's not military, he uses what he has in hand. He actually takes a... It's like a harpoon gun, but it's essentially a nail gun. And that's going to... That's his weapon. It can kill someone instantly. There are also guns, pistols, other things as well. Bombs and other crazy things. There's even ships being used as weapons to stop other ships. And I have to give Planates a really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swap, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zoma Gustar. Now, contrary to that, the TV series gets a, it's a gift from your crazy Aunt Mary, okay, but forgettable, because it's not good. It, they take the concept and they make it, like, baby mode. But the, the manga does such a better job, especially with the background characters and some of the characters who you didn't even think about. Like, you have the responsibility of the, the man Van Buren, the guy who's working on the ship that's going into space. When they're working on this ship, there's an accident that kills 238 people, and he takes responsibility for it. He's like, yeah, they died, but we're going to move forward. And you have the response of the survivors. They say, you're a fucking monster. You should retire. He's like, no, but we have to move forward. We have to go into space. 
and he's willing to be shot to for his dream, even though he knows he's wrong. At one point, someone he's willing to be shot by this person. He says, "You shoot me, I don't care. Just I know I did wrong, and I feel bad for it." And the person ends up trying to turn the gun on themselves, and he stops them because it's he wants to save the world by going out there. But he's not willing to. He's willing to make losses and risks. I know I'm not explaining it well, but it is a very multifaceted series, and I highly do recommend it. And you can find it. I found it very easily. I found it at two comic shops and also at Kinakunia. But I digress. So definitely check out Planatus. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. So with that in mind, remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email me personally at zanspirekin.com or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, and also the lovely social media sites. And let's get to the part you've all been waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only the wheel of manga. Yes, friends, the wheel of manga. Except no substitute. What is the wheel of manga? The wheel of manga is a wheel of fortune with ten slots on. Each slot has a number and a manga connected to it. So I'm going to spin the wheel of manga, and whatever number it lands on, that's what we're doing in the next episode of the Spire and Manga Review, episode 281. 19 episodes away, we're going to make it, trust me. So let's spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode, shall we? Number seven. Ooh, that's a good one. So, in the next episode of the Spark and Mong Review, we are going to be reviewing a very interesting manga. A manga about, well, it's the Tales of Wedding Rings. What is it about? I honestly don't know, but we're going to find out. So, I guess that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. And the next time I'll be talking to you guys, I'll be at Anime Boston. Definitely check it out. And if you have any comments or concerns, email me zanspark.com. So with that in mind, hope you guys have a great day. This is your host, Zan. I'm Collinsville. Eat more manga. Tu tu
Just a 